What's up, everybody? Welcome to Houston We Have Prospects, a podcast about the Houston Astros minor league system. I'm Sam Levitt, a broadcaster for the AA Corpus Christi Hooks. A very happy holidays. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season. This will be the final edition of the podcast in 2017, and we'll continue to record the podcast in the new year. Hopefully much more success for the Astros, the big league club, and of course their minor leaguers in 2018. I know a lot of people really enjoyed our conversation with outfielder Miles Straw last week. Really interesting stuff. And again, if there's any player you really want to hear from, as always, let me know. Tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. If you have a suggestion, just let me know, and I promise I'll do my best to get them on the podcast at some point during this offseason. My guest this week is lefty pitcher Sean Stutzman. Sean played all over the place with the Astros system this past season, from high A to double A, and he spent quite a bit of time at triple A, too. He had just a tremendous season between all the levels, a 2-2 ADRA and 33 appearances, over 67 innings, 72 strikeouts to 23 walks. He was simply terrific. And Sean's truly the epitome of an underdog story. This is a guy that didn't have any Division I baseball offers out of high school, didn't get drafted, signed with the Astros as a free agent in the summer of 2016, and now he's really starting to make a name for himself. So we talk about his journey this past season, his goals for 2018. He's a big Tom Brady fan. You'll learn about that too. A ton of different things we get to. So without further ado, let's hear from the lefty, Sean Stutzman. John, you had a roller coaster of a 2017 season from double-A Corpus Christi to triple-A Fresno, back to Corpus Christi, then to high A Bowie Creek, then back to Corpus Christi one more time at the end of the year. What was this year like? I mean, this year is something I really couldn't explain. started off and extended, and then when you're there, you don't really know what to expect. My goal was to hope a spot opens up in Quad City so I can get there, and obviously... Um, that was the only place this year I actually didn't go. And, um, but I mean, yeah, it, was a, it was a roller coaster going from Corpus back to Extended, then to Fresno, uh, and then to Corpus. But, you know, I learned so much along the way. Uh, I met so many guys who had a lot more experience than me that I just tried to kind of pick their brain at um, how they made it this far, what they do, just kind of get a little bit better idea of, like, what I can work on to – because they have so much more experience than me. But, I mean, this, it was it was nothing more. It was a great experience. Um, I mean, my goals before last season, this went well beyond any of my goals I had. So I, my goals sort of changed throughout the year. But, yeah, it, roller coaster is kind of an understatement. I felt like coming to the ballpark every day, I was just like, I, I didn't know it was going to happen. So I just tried to enjoy every second of it. Who were some of those guys that you talked to during spring training when you were trying to get a sense of uh, what this was going to be like? Um, spring training, I, I talked to um, a few of the guys that have, they had been there uh, for their second year. And then when, as soon as I got to like double-A, uh, Ryan Thompson, Riley Farrell, I talked to them. I played against Riley in college, so I sort of knew of him. Ryan Thompson, um, my pitching coach at Dallas Baptist, with his pitching coach at Campbell. So we had a little bit in common to talk about. And then, I mean, uh, everyone in AAA, I talked to Asher Tolliver. He'd played in the big leagues for a couple of years. 
even this past year. Uh, Tyler White, position player. Um, I, I try to talk to as many people as I can, just just kind of see what they say, just kind of get a little bit more info, a little bit more um, what like I can do, and just sort of like their journey and how they go about their business. With all that moving around, you had a terrific season, a 2-2-80 RA, 33 appearances overall. Looking back at it now, what were the keys? The keys to me were just having confidence. Um, I've always had confidence in my abilities to play. Um, and, I, and I knew my, my first year didn't really go as I wanted, so I said I, my goal is, no matter where I'm at, is to make an impact, uh, show them who I am. And I worked really hard last off season, uh, just getting better, trying to get lefties out. Um, so that was just my main thing is just have complete confidence. Even though I was, I played short season, my first season, I went straight to double A. I just say, you know what, just have complete confidence in what you're doing and things will work out, keep working. So every time I went on the mound, I felt like, you know, and I, I belong here. There was no doubt in my mind that I belong there. There was, Nothing that said, oh, well, I shouldn't be here. So just uh, have fun. It was it was competing mode. I was on the mound doing what I love. You're right. It's so crazy when you think about your journey from 2016 getting signed. Then in 2017, you're already up at AAA for a portion of the season. What were some of the biggest differences this year going from high A to AAA as far as the guys you were facing? I felt like um, AA and AAA were very similar with the way the hitters are. Um they're a lot more mature. Uh, in AAA, I face countless hitters that have been in the big leagues, so they're very mature hitters. So if I made one of my best pitches, they might just take it, and they would look for a mistake. Or they're they're looking for a specific pitch. Where in high, they might swing at my pitch. So I I learned different ways of getting people out. Um, the higher the higher you go you got to be more precise. You have to make more quality pitches um, to get them out because they know what the, hit, the hitters are mature. They know what they're looking for. And, I mean, if you miss, they will take advantage of it. So I, I just, the, the hitters in double and triple A are just so much more mature that they, they, were, they were tough outs. It was tougher outs the higher you go. Let's bring it back now because you have a really interesting story. Growing up in Rolling Meadows, Illinois, outside Chicago, what kind of player were you growing up and in high school? Um, in high school, before my senior year, I was just I was labeled by a crafty lefty. I threw probably topped out at eighty one. Um, I was probably a better outfielder than I was pitcher. So it wasn't until my senior year that. Uh, my velocity got to 90 miles an hour. So that's why I really wasn't recruited much out of high school. So I was probably a better athlete when it came to playing outfield and hitting than I was pitching until I was a senior. Most important question, were you a Cubs or Sox fan? Uh, I was a White Sox fan growing up. My whole family is a White Sox fan. Southsider, what players did you admire and try to emulate growing up? Mark Burley, he was my guy. I think I just kind of clung to him because... He was a lefty. He didn't throw all that hard. Uh, he had a really good changeup, and that's sort of my pitch. So I just I tried to make my motion like his. I tried to make everything like his. Anytime he pitched, I made sure I was watching the game. I'm just 
his tempo of the game. That's kind of he's what I watched when I saw how fast he worked. That I loved that. So that's I kind of try to put my game like his when I was growing up. So you finish high school, you end up going to a junior college in Des Moines to start your college career. What were your options coming out of high school? Um, I had a couple D2 and D3 offers, um, but my goal, my dream was always to play Division I. Um, towards the end of my, my senior year, I got some walk-on offers um, at the University of Illinois Chicago and University of Houston, but I had already committed to to Des Moines Area Community College, so after talking with my family, we just decided that now I'm going to go there. Hopefully something better comes up. And um, I always had those options in the in the back of my mind. Once I went to JUCO, I told them I'd keep in touch with them. But for me, I thought the best fit was going to be going to JUCO to get a little bit more exposure. Something better did come up. In 2014, you transferred to Dallas Baptist, the D1 school in the Missouri Valley Conference. What was that change like? Oh, it was, it was awesome. So my... My head coach at Des Moines Area Community College actually left, and he is now the assistant coach there. So he sort of brought me with him there. And there's, I had two other teammates who also went there. So I had known, I knew a few people on the team, which was really easy kind of to, like introducing me to people. And just the culture there was like a family. I mean, they accepted me right away. They, they made sure I was, uh, hanging out with everybody so it was it was awesome getting to go there it was it was just like a family it didn't make me miss home much you guys went to the ncaa tournament in 2015 started in a regional against oregon state and won the game five and two-thirds of an inning you were great against the pac-12 school how crazy was that when you think about a year before you were at a juco yeah no that, that was awesome that was probably one of my favorite memories pitching in uh against Oregon State in an elimination game. Um, I mean, we played University of Texas earlier that day, first time TVU has ever hosted, and just the crowd, just how fun it was. I just, I enjoyed every second of that. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was so much fun. Let's fast forward to 2016. You have a really good season out of the bullpen. MLB draft rolls around in June. At that point, what was your mindset of what was going to be next? Um, I've, I've had quite a few scout meetings, but, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I uh, kept my phone by me all day, hoping for a call. No calls came. And so then right after the draft, we, me and my family started talking like, what's next? And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I'm all bummed. Didn't get a call. And luckily I, I'm pretty sure it was like the day after the draft, I got a call and was like, are you interested to sign as a free agent? And I said, yes, 100%. Even without talking to my parents, I was just like, you know, this is what I want to do. It's been one of my dreams. And he said, okay, well, we'll get the paperwork and we'll get it all figured out. So it was, I didn't have to wait very long, which was really nice. Um, yeah, it was sort of let down not getting drafted, but at the same time, you know, I, I got an opportunity and that's all I could ask for. Did you know at all that the Astros were interested in you? Um, not really, because I didn't really know if any team was interested in me, just because I'd gotten no calls during the draft. Um, my coaches didn't say anything to me about about that. I'd had meetings with 
probably close to all 30 teams during uh, during our college season. So I knew that they all had my information, anything they needed, but I didn't really know who was interested to like sign me as a free agent just because it came along so quick. He called me at about 9 a.m. in the morning, asked if I was interested. I said, yes, I'm ready to go. And that was kind of the end of it. As an undrafted free agent, what's your mentality going into the Astros system in 2016? I know the numbers weren't exactly what you wanted your first season, but what was your mentality like going in there, especially after pitching a whole college season? Uh, I, just kind of, I wanted to make a statement. I wanted to show I belong to, you know, I was a free agent, but I've kind of always had the chip on my shoulder. I, I didn't get many D1 scholarship offers. Actually, I only had one from Dallas Baptist. Um, I didn't I didn't get any, much recognition out of high school. Uh, I wasn't drafted. So, I mean, it's been all, all my life. I've kind of had a chip on my shoulder. So I just kind of kept that same mentality. Just keep working. Keep keep your head straight and good things will happen. Good. I mean, my first year, numbers weren't the best, but that pushed me even harder to work that next offseason to get better and kind of show what I can do. Well, the results were certainly there this past season. You talk about that chip on your shoulder. As you rise in the Astros system, is that something you keep with you, that determination, that little chip that, hey, I I wasn't uh, a big draft pick. I signed as a free agent, but I'm here and I'm somebody uh, that can really rise in this system and one day make it to the big leagues. Is that chip still there with you? Oh, it'll always be there with me. I just, I mean, I always go back to like my past and just kind of always overlooked. I'm kind of undersized, so it. I don't think it'll ever go away. Just having a chip on my shoulder. So even this off season, you know, I had a good year, but I know that there's room for improvement. I can get better at a lot of things. So that's that's what I've been working at this off season. Just keep getting better. Just just because I had a good year doesn't mean I, I get complacent. It just means I work harder and get better to have a better 2018. Let's talk about the offseason. I chatted with Miles Straw last week about his offseason routine, the physical aspect of it. As a pitcher, what are you working on? Do you work out a lot? Do you work on different pitches? What's your offseason routine like physically? So right after the season, I got home and took four days off of lifting at everything. And that was honestly only because I was out of town for a wedding. And then as soon as the day I got home, I started working out that day and I mean, I work out five times a week. Um, I have a trainer that, that writes them up for me. And right now I'm in Chicago, so I do them by myself. But when I'm in Dallas, we have a group of about eight pro guys that all do it together. And I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun getting after it with guys with the same goal in mind. And then when it comes to throwing, I, took off until November and then I started a weighted ball program in November and I actually just started throwing at at the beginning of this month, started throwing baseball and got off the mound for the first time the other day. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't really do much because, I mean, baseball is my job, so I'm working out five, six times a week, getting better. And now that I'm throwing, it's, it's even more involved and in watching a lot of video of me throwing trying to see what I can do better, watching videos on other lefties throwing to see to see what I can do better, kind of see what they do differently to help me. 
Tell me a little bit more about that, the video side of things. What are you looking for? So, actually, just off my dad's video, me and my last bullpen, um, I sort of compare it to, like, what I do and then what I'm working on in the offseason with my slider right now. So I look at that. I look at my wrist position, my release point, and then I compare it to, like, other other lefties that have a good slider, their release point, wrist angle, and try to see what I can take out of that to help me uh, get better in that aspect. Is When it comes down to it, I want to be able to get lefties out at an extremely high rate, so that's one pitch that's going to help me. So I kind of compare the two videos and watch a lot of that to try to, try to see the, the similarities and differences between what I do. I want you to visualize yourself getting to the big leagues one day. What kind of pitcher do you envision yourself as? As a long relief guy, a lefty specialist, a starter one day perhaps? What do you think your future ultimately is? Um, I think it's hard to say. Uh, I'll say a reliever, but I feel like I'm a little bit different than most because I can – I wouldn't say a lefty specialist because I got righties out at a pretty high rate this year. So I can go in and I can get righties out, and then I can be very good against lefties. So I can go multiple innings but also get brought in as like a lefty-lefty matchup. So I would just kind of put myself as a reliever that can get both sides of the plate out, not just a lefty specialist. But um, So I, I think I'm a little that, – that's where it's a little bit different. Um than what I thought last year. Last year, I thought maybe you're just a lefty specialist, and then I saw how I got righties out. It kind of changed my perspective that I can. I mean, last year I was long relief. I got I came in for one out, and I also closed games. So I think that could be my role in the big leagues too, is coming in long relief and just getting one out for a lefty. I know we talked about 2018 already a little bit, but what are some of your other goals for next season? So my, my goal of 2018 would be to start in Corpus and then end in Fresno. Last year was a little bit of a roller coaster type year for me. Um, I, I wasn't really able to get comfortable anywhere, but um, I mean, if they have me do the same thing, I, I'll do it just because, you know, I'm, I'm mentally prepared for it. But ultimately, I just I, I want to get better uh, when it comes to soft contact. Uh, I know in LA and AAA a little bit, there's a little bit harder contact than I would have liked. Um, and just the, the lefty-lefty matchups, I want to get them, I want to get lefties out at a better than average rate. Because um, I, I improved this year, but there's always room for improvement in everything I do. So that's kind of my mindset. So it's just to get better in, honestly, every aspect of my game. We're going to go off baseball for a second. I was looking up and down your Twitter earlier seems like you're a big New England Patriots Tom Brady guy. How'd that happen for a Chicago kid? So, yeah, I get called a bandwagoner a lot um, between my friends, just people I, I'm with in the minors. Um, but honestly, I, I became a fan in 2000. Uh, just, I love the story of Tom Brady where I can kind of relate to him. He was a six-round draft pick. He, was, he wasn't wouldn't really notice he was an underdog and he kind of just fed off that and became the greatest quarterback of all time and I just think I, I sort of relate to that I'm sort of an underdog I'm a free agent uh kind of I was overlooked and just his drive his passion his confidence 
he knows he's the best and you see that every day. So I just sort of clung to that at a young age. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm still a bears fan, but I'm more of a Tom Brady fan than anything. Cause I, I, I love watching that fiery passion that he has and just the confidence every week. You're right. You both have that underdog story. One final question for you. You were all over the system this year, saw pitchers at all different levels, who was the guy that made you say, wow, in the Astros system? Probably Rogelio Armenteros. I, I watched him, and um, when I actually came back to Corpus the second time, he was sitting 93, 95. He got swings and misses like I'd never seen, and I was just, I'd watch him throw in the bullpen, and I'm just, I was kind of in awe of him. Like, all of his pitches were really nasty, and, um, I mean, he, he's a hard worker, too. He's he's very humble. And I, I loved watching him out there compete. And his, his stuff is incredible. I, I would think that he would be in the big leagues next year just based off of how he did this past year. It was, it was so fun to watch him pitch throughout the year and see him absolutely deal in AAA, too. He's got a Bugs Bunny changeup, a great year for Helio Armenteros indeed. Sean, happy holidays. Thanks so much for taking the time. A great season in 2017, and we look forward to talking to you in 2018. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays to you too. And again, a big thanks to Sean for hopping on the podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Megastuts28. That's M E G A. S-T-U-T-Z-2-8, Megastuts28, and be sure to give Sean a follow there. No podcast next week, but we'll return the week after that. Again, if you have any suggestions on who I should talk to next, let me know. You can always tweet at me. at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V, on Twitter. Talk to you next time, and thanks for listening.